Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to welcome everybody. My name is Ryan. I get to be the youth pastor at our Warren campus. Welcome to our family in Boardman, to TCI, and our online community as well. We're really glad you're here. Of course, if you're here in the Warren building, we're glad you're here today. I'm excited about what today is, but before we jump into what's ahead, I want to just reflect a little bit on what has happened already We just got back from our summer camp this week. And so if you see us kind of a little bit off, we've all been seriously sleep deprived for the last seven days. And so uh, I just woke up right now. So I'm excited to be here. And uh, it was an amazing, amazing thing. I want to say thank you to every person that made summer camp possible. Whether you were someone who just prayed for us, we so appreciate it. If you were someone who invested in young people to get to camp, thank you so much. I can't tell you how amazing it was to see young people just touched by the Spirit of God at this camp. And, you know, the Bible, uh, it prophesied that in the last days, God would pour out His Spirit on all flesh, that young and old alike would experience God in powerful ways. And I got to say, I know our camp was about $400 for us to be able to send students. And every one of you guys that gave so that a young person could be scholarship, thank you. Because I remember when I was a young person, I went to a camp just like this one. And that was the first moment I felt God speak to me and call me and, and call me to Him himself. And so that is worth every penny we spent. And so thank you guys who made that happen. I also, today, as I was reflecting on today, I was thinking about how much Jesus really changed the world when it came to young people. We, as a church, we have a core value that we're generational. In other words, we want to be a church of every generation that reaches the next generation. We want to be a church that looks very different from one another, but we all have a sole pursuit, which is to make a difference and leave a legacy And I'm so excited uh, by how this has been happening. I was thinking about Jesus really laid the foundation for this. I don't know if you're aware of this, but before Jesus came on the scene, children were not valued. They were kind of viewed as second-rate citizens. And yes, they were loved by their parents. That has always been true. But they really weren't considered important until they became of age. And Jesus stood in stark contrast to the world around him. In fact, when children, parents would bring their children to see Jesus, the disciples kind of stood with the status quo and said, no, no, keep the children away. But Jesus said, no, 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 let the children come to me. There was a value that Jesus had for young people. And I just want to thank our lead pastors, Pastor Joe and Gina, for the value that they place on the next generation, that we really are a church that goes above and beyond to see a city connected with God and see a city's youth connected with God. And I would actually like to thank every single person. I realize for us, you know, I'm fresh off this week, but this is not just one week in the making. I think about the B-Kids Junior team members. I think about the B-Kids members. I think about the Pathway volunteers. Every single one of them that have been a part of shaping these young people's lives. And in fact, I know this is probably embarrassing, but if you're in here and you're part of one of the next gen teams, uh, if you're somebody that either went to camp or you are on B Kids Junior, B Kids Pathways, Paramount, would you just raise your hand so that we can honor you for a minute? And we just want to, can we give it up for them? Guys, they, they give of themselves week in and week out. Big shout out to the Boardman Paramount team and all the crew that's making that happen, Jerry and Lexi and everybody over there. Thank you guys for what's happening. Uh, And today, my goal is I was trying to think, what would be the most valuable thing to you guys as we think about having a next-gen takeover as we have our youth takeover today? And I was thinking, man, there's such a value to understanding the next generation. I think back to... uh, 
when I first started youth ministry, I was about 24 years old. And even then, from right from the get-go, the students told me, Ryan, stop trying to be cool. And I'm very thankful that God didn't call the cool. He just called people. And I, I don't, I have never been to a country where I've needed a translator to talk to, to people. I can't tell you this. I need a translator every Wednesday night when I'm hanging out with our young people. I remember the first time someone said to me, wow, that fit is fire. And I said, excuse me? You know, and, and then they're like, no, Ryan, they're just trying to say that that's a nice outfit. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and it's crazy how fast it happens. Like, you don't believe me, all of you young people, but it's incredibly hard to just stay up on everything. And I found that in life, there are many ways that you can try and stay relevant. One is you can just try and stay young forever. And I think we all know that that goes horribly south very quickly. Those people that try and stay young forever. Um, it doesn't work, trust me. But then I, I think there's a more powerful pathway to this. And I really believe it's those who are willing to be relevant, not by being a mirror or a replica of the next generation, but those who are, building, who are able to be relevant because they actually understand the heart of the next generation. And they're able to come alongside of them in relationship. And I was thinking about this verse in Proverbs chapter 18, verse two. It says that fools have no interest in understanding. They only want their voice to be heard. They only want their opinions to be heard. And isn't that the temptation for all of us? We see the news, we see what's happening on TikTok, and you just think, let's just let the whole thing burn, man. You know, let's just, let's just bemoan and say how terrible the next generation is. But I found that there is so much good that God is doing in this next generation. And maybe it would be smart of us to actually try and seek understanding, that we don't want to be foolish people that don't seek understanding, that we want to be the type of people that are willing to lean in and say, how can I come in and be of help to you? So today, that's what we're going to do. I've asked a few of my friends who are just graduated or just in our youth group to come and enlighten us a little bit so that we can gain understanding as a church. So they're going to come out now as they do. Can you give, up, uh, give a hand for every young person that's coming to the stage right now? Awesome, guys. Thanks for being with us. They've been doing this now. This is our third service doing this. Some of them lost their voices at camp, and I was one of them. It was a team leader, and I was yelling at some refs, and, um, you know, <laughs> thankfully I've repented and I've moved on. But uh, it, is, it is really good to have you guys up here. I thought it would be helpful. Can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us who you are, um, what school you go to, what grade, and how long you've been coming to Believers. Go ahead, Ellie. Hi, I'm Ellie. I'm 15. I go to Bloomfield High School, and I'm about to be a sophomore, and I've been coming to Believers for about two years now. My name is Sylvia. I'm 18. I just graduated from Mineral Ridge High School in the fall, um, and then I'm heading off to college, or in the spring, and now I'm heading off to college in the fall, and I've been at Believers for about 10 years. Uh, what's up? My name's Ethan. I'm uh, 17. I'm going into my senior year at Champion High School, and I've been going to Believers probably about six years now. Awesome. You know, guys, there were so many people that made camp possible for a lot of people. And I, I think before we jump into the full content, can you guys just share a little bit about your experience at camp so that those who invested in students to get to camp can kind of just get a little taste of, of why it was so important for us? Ellie, can you start us? Yeah, of course. Um, I just think that 
being on fire for the Lord at camp was just so impactful and like leaving with that same fire and just, you know, having the Lord speak to me and just like feeling his presence throughout the whole time was awesome. I definitely agree with Ellie. It just puts you on fire for the Lord. And I just think it's so amazing to see everyone have an encounter with God. And I know he definitely spoke to me at camp like he did last year. And um, it's definitely, um, it was unique this year being one of the oldest kids there um, because I was looking at all of these young kids who it might be their first year at camp and they were experiencing the worship. They were experiencing the message. They were hearing God's voice. And um, I definitely think that that was exactly the the perfect last year for me um, going as a student because I'm heading off to college and I'm glad to be going into college with, with such a passion for God and his word. I really uh, love Impact. One, the second you get there, there's like an atmosphere and everyone there is just excited to be there and excited for the week. Um, one of my favorite things, always has been my favorite thing is worship. Um, you see all sorts of people, young and old, uh, shy and outgoing. They come together in this massive place, thousands of people to come and worship God. Everybody's hands are up. No one cares about what the other person thinks. Everyone's just worshiping their heart out. And like you get chills in the situation because it's, it's like nothing you've ever experienced and every single year of camp is different I've always felt new after I've come out of that worship and I love it so much and I'm excited to go every single year that's awesome yeah it really is amazing to see what God does in just five days disconnected from phones I know it is possible it is possible and it's amazing to think what God can do when he just has people's attention Ethan, I want to start with you, and, and we're going to ask all of you guys this question. I, I was thinking, what would be most valuable to me uh, if I didn't get to work with young people all the time? But I was even thinking, as someone who works with young people, I think this is still really important. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys on behalf of, of the congregation as a whole is, what is the most challenging thing about being someone who lives as a young person today? Like Maybe that's as a follower of Jesus. Maybe that's just as someone who just you know, is just living life. But what are some of the biggest challenges you guys face? I would say one of the biggest challenges we face as a generation is uh, communication. So uh, we struggle with communicating with our adults and leaders and even people just our age because we're afraid of the judgment and the stuff like that could ensue after. So like having a place like church, a community, like communication and community, they both have that same root. You're together. There's people. We come together and we talk. So the, having that communication in a community where we all love each other and love God is insane because you feel understood. And that's such a hard thing for uh, many kids to feel in our generation today. Not many feel understood. So when you have that chance to communicate and you feel understood, it creates that bond and that love for each other. Um, I definitely think one of the biggest issues is um, using God's word to form your opinions and beliefs. Um, as a young person, you're trying to just come into your own and form your thoughts and opinions and you want those to be based in God's word but you have so many people in every generation telling you what you should think what you should believe what your opinions should be or telling you that your opinion's wrong and um then I've gotten the advice that is helpful it's like form your opinions out of God's word it's not your opinion it's God's opinion and that's very helpful, but at the same time, you also have people in your 
life and people and society telling you different interpretations of God's word. Um, and I think that's just a struggle that our generation has been facing a lot is applying the Bible because it's a living document, applying it to current circumstances. And then another thing that I think um, is a problem is trying to share God's word with other people because that there's a lot less people that are receptive to Christianity, to hearing God's word, hearing the gospel, and you want to you want to help them, you want to speak life into them. But my uncle told me once that correction without relationship leads to rebellion. And so you have to build those relationships with people, but you don't want to surround yourself with people that don't know God because then you would become more like them instead of them becoming like you. And you want to have godly friends that are influencing you in a positive way while also forming those relationships with people that you're trying to speak life into, trying to share the gospel with. And just having that balance and knowing where to draw your boundaries is, I think, a big challenge in our generation. I think that the biggest challenge we face in our generation is just judgment. Like, we walk around and people are like, oh, you're a Christian. Like, it's not considered cool to be a Christian. Like, a lot of people in our generation aren't able to worship freely and, like, um, declare that Jesus is our Lord without being judged and being criticized for it. And I think that being at Impact, we got to see all of these students our age worshiping. And like, that's not something that you see outside of camp, but I think that it really is something that you should. I love that. And you know, one thing I think it's important to note that the young people that are growing up today are growing up in a different culture, right? That doesn't surprise any of us. We all, we all know that. Um, but generally speaking, up until about 1994, um, there was kind of a general consensus that if someone you knew was a Christian, it was actually just a positive thing. Even if you weren't somebody that believed that Christianity was true, seeing someone as a Christian was viewed as a positive cultural thing. Starting around 1994 till about 2014, there was this idea that Christianity or people that are Christians is kind of neutral. Um, it's not necessarily a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. But from about 2014 on, there kind of became this negative world framework for Christianity. In other words, identifying as a Christian costs you because it automatically makes you be viewed as someone that has a negative influence on the world. And so I just want you to imagine going to high school. I know we've always had to be bold for our faith. We've always had to have a little bit of courage to follow Jesus. But I want you to imagine that most of your high school that you're surrounding yourself with, they don't view Christianity as just this neutral thing. They view it actually as a harm to the world. And so imagine what it's like to be someone who's growing up in that culture and to be bold for Jesus or to follow Jesus. It's not just the easiest thing in the world. And that's why I'm so thankful for what you guys brought out. That I, And by the way, Ethan, that communication and community thing, Never thought of that before. Um, but just, just thinking about this idea that the place where people can find community and communication in that godly environment is church. And I, I do think that's a valuable thing. Um, so we talked about the challenges that you guys are facing unique to your generation. And one of the things I think would be helpful as well is to help share with our, our congregation, what are the things that we who are older can do for you guys that would be most helpful to you? You know, what are the ways that we can be the biggest help? Ellie, you want, 
You want to start, Ellie? Yeah, of course. Um, I think that the biggest way that the older generations can help us is just by understanding us. I think that truly sitting down and listening to our perspective, even if you don't quite know what we've been through or we're going through, just saying, hey, I don't know, but I would like to try to understand that. And I want to give you the best advice to the best of my ability, but just truly listening and showing us that we're cared about. That's amazing. I think um, a big help to our generation, um, I think we see role models as either being like very judgmental, very condemning or shaming um, in older generations. And that's just a stigma that younger generations might have or the people that are like very lackadaisical or apathetic um, and don't really care do what you want type of attitude. Um, I think that a big benefit would be working to find that middle ground, that spot that God told us to practice of discipline and correction in a place of empathy and understanding and love and coming from that space instead of the judgment that God never never gave us the, the right to dish out. And every Every single generation is judgmental of our own generation, of our neighbor, of the generations around us. And I think that just being that role model and conscientiously trying to not be super judgmental, not gossiping a lot around all the younger generations um, would be a very beneficial and helpful thing to us to just have a better attitude about our neighbor and about the world. And um, in that light, just being aware of how your actions are constantly being perceived by the younger generations and being that role model for them um, and striving to be that godly person in their life. Uh, one thing I think uh, older generations could benefit in is um, listening, like just sitting down when we feel the urge to communicate and the people feel the urge to open up, listening to the, those kids and the younger generations because listening, feeling heard and understood is an intense feeling that is unlike most. So when you feel that like sense of being understood, it's respect, you love each other. You There's a better understanding for the older generation and the younger generation through that. And um, I talked about in BCT, there was there's like a wall almost between generations. And when you sit and listen to each other without interruption and just kind of understand better through like a sense of open-mindedness, there's a knot that's tied between the generations that's inseparable. It makes each other like, we're stronger together and than uh, being separate generations. Why can't we just be together as one? Wow. You said don't talk over each other. Do you know I'm Italian? I don't know if that's possible <laughs> uh, for Italians. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I'm gaining as I'm talking to you guys is this idea that it's not, just as a, it's not just about affirming everything they believe and just saying, oh, you're absolutely right about everything. And, but I do think there's a, a value to truly listening. And we've all know, right, you can hear things with your physical ears and not actually hear, right? You cannot actually listen. And I think what, what I've discovered and maybe what I'm hearing from you guys is this idea that it's not just about, um, it's not just about listening, it's about helping them feel understood. When I feel understood, I can live with someone who doesn't agree with me if I know that they get where I'm coming from and I can walk in relationship with that person. And that is a huge key that I feel like has been a huge takeaway. Go ahead, Sylvia. And I feel like a lot of that 
understanding and that relationship um, comes from a place of relatability. I've, I think that it's so overwhelming when you, if you look at the people around you and you think, wow, like they all have it all together. Like I know in my mind that like they have struggles too, but I'm not seeing it. Like all I see is the exterior that they have. Um, I think there is such a benefit to being transparent and showing your humanity with the younger generation because it's comforting in a way to know that they've struggled too. Like that if you share the, your problems that you've gone through, your walks of healing and the times where you've had to go to God, you've had to have a down on your knees moment. Um, those things are very encouraging because you've come out on the other side and um, I think also having those types of conversations helps you to learn like the walks that you might not be out of, like the areas where you might not be the healthiest because uh, you have to be a healthy person to be a healthy role model and to be a healthy influence on the people around you. So to get to that place, like you might still have some healing to do. Um, you might still have some things that you need to bring to God that you haven't yet. Um, and I think that's very important because a lot of the a lot of trauma that we have is generational and it's frustrating to see like this is something that has been in our family for so long. But if you're going to be that role model, you have to be the one to break the chain to take those steps of healing and have the hard conversations. And I think that would just be so beneficial for older generations and every generation. I love that. What if you were the one that kind of broke that generational pattern that's been showing up time and time again for the sake of your kids. And um, you're reminding me of something that I discovered. There was a study that came out not too long ago, I came across it, that talked about one of the reasons, it was trying to delve into the reasons, why do people keep their faith You know, when they grow up? Even if they grow up in church, many people lose their faith. And one of the interesting things you wouldn't have necessarily expected, one of the key factors of people who continued in their faith was that they had parents who get this, they apologized to them and asked them for forgiveness when they made mistakes. So in other words, if a parent made a mistake, the parent actually humbled themselves and asked their young person, their child, for forgiveness. And that thing alone actually was a huge common factor within many of these people whose faith survived. And I can think about my own parents and how they modeled that. Like my parents who were, I view them as the perfect parents, but they would tell you, Ryan, no, we weren't. And, and they apologized to us. They, they helped us know like, hey, I've been through that before, what you're going through. And I didn't feel singled out. I didn't feel isolated. Like I'm the only one who's ever been through this. And um, that's just really powerful. And I like that idea, get healthy yourself, right? And that helps you to be a healthy role model, healthy, healthy influence. You know, we, we talk a lot of, about the generational differences, but there are many things that I think we have to gain from, from generations who have gone before us. As you guys think about it, what are the things you're most thankful for from the generations who have gone before you? One thing I'm really thankful for from the generations that have gone before us is um, they've walked ahead of us, so they've learned from their mistakes, and those mistakes have been able to help them teach us so we don't repeat them. Um, they've created a past so we can form our own. Um, one thing that I've like really uh, always thought about was like I've always looked up to so many people, especially in the church, like you, Ryan, uh, Joe Jr., Matt, people like that who I, they've gone through these uh, times and trials um, and they've walked out of them on the other side untouched because, and, and it's made them better people. So seeing that stuff shows me that no matter what I'm going through, I can be better after. 
um, and seeing these older generations go through all these times that we may not have, uh, have gone through shows that we can make it through what we are going through now. Um, so no matter what it is, whether it's COVID or a war or just times like that, there's always an, a light at the end of the tunnel. And sh these older generations kind of show that the light is there. Yeah, from a, from a societal standpoint even, I just think there's, there's so much to be grateful for. Um, even just, just take a history class and you'll find so many things that you can thank the older generations for that they've done for us. And it's so easy to get caught up in the issues that our society is having today and turning on the news and being so discouraged and disheartened. But um, it's, it's very... It's very nice to have a shift of attitude and looking at how far we've come and everything that the older generations have got done to get us to this point. Um, because every generation has had problems. There's always gonna be problems in society. And seeing them and the things that they've overcome is very encouraging to see what we can overcome and see the things that we can change in our future and change today. And also just from a personal standpoint, I know that the impacts that the older generations have had on the topic of mental health has meant a lot to me because I know I've seen my family and the people around me that mental health wasn't talked about in the older generations. They didn't grow up talking about mental health. There was actually a lot of stigma around mental health and a lot of shame associated with it. And I'm very appreciative for the fact that they recognize that that was something that should not have had such a negative connotation. That was a conversation that needed to be had and needed to be prioritized in the youth. And I, I grew up, a lot of the people in my generation grew up now talking about mental health and being open about mental health and um, seeing a lot of concern from the older generations about our mental health. And that's just been such a beneficial thing in my life and my family that I'm incredibly grateful that the older generation saw that a change needed to be made and then they made the change and enacted um, the difference that it made. I'm just so grateful for the advice that I've gotten from the older generations, just those who have sat down with me and listened to me and, you know, shared the fact that they have made mistakes and how they've come out on the other side of them. And I think for the past six weeks, working at a summer camp with people who are my age and people who are older than me, sitting down with that older generation and them just saying, hey, like, I understand you. I want to know what you have to say. And this is how I came out of things that you are going through right now. And I think that it's really impactful just to feel so heard and feel so like cared for and yeah. Well said, Ellie. Guys, is there, as we begin to wrap up today, is there any final things that you would just leave our, our crowd with today um, that you'd wanna let them know? I feel like God has it on my heart to speak to those who feel like they've messed up a relationship with a younger person or that they've, they've done something wrong and they realize that they've made that mistake and they just feel the overwhelming shame and guilt and discouragement of never getting that relationship back. And I just want to tell you that it's never too late to reach out. It's never too late to change. It's never too late to listen and to heal. And God can do a lot of things. And living with that shame 
God doesn't want to bring shame upon you. He wants to bring forgiveness and he wants to bring love and compassion and healing. And it's never too late for that to happen. Um, and sorry, <laughs> I just felt like I should say that. I think that was straight from God. Anybody else? I think that it's really about relationships and respect. And I think that there should be um, respect on both ways in the relationship from the younger person to the older person and from the older person to the younger person and just really understanding both sides of the story and both sides of you know our life stories and just building those relationships where there can be trust in both sides. It's amazing. Guys, thank you so much. Can we give it up for them as they make their way back? I'll tell you what, I, I really do feel like the blessing of just being able to, to sit under them, you know, for these few moments and, and really hear what God is doing in them. And I just know, I don't know, I just, I don't feel hopeless about what's ahead. And I know it's easy to get roped into what all the different news outlets are going to say, but I just think God is always at work. God is always doing something. And thank you to every single person, whether you're a grandparent, parent, youth leader, kids leader, you know, maybe you're even one of the people rocking babies and changing diapers. It all leads to what God is doing. And we just want to say thank you as a church. You guys are incredible. I know for me, as I was sitting through there, one of the major takeaways I have is, is realizing, you know what, there's many times I'm so quick to get to the solution, but I think there's times where God just needs me to sit. He just needs me to sit with someone and just say, how are you? Like, how are you really? and get to that place of connection before I bring whatever correction I feel at times that God has asked me to bring. And so I'm thinking about some situations uh, recently where I, I could have done a little bit better. And I love what Sylvia said. That was powerful. There is no relationship that God cannot, uh, he cannot resurrect. There is nothing that you've done that God cannot recreate and redeem. And uh, we believe that as a church. We, we are a church of no perfect people allowed. And whenever you have a per church of imperfect people, that means that God's got to do a lot of miraculous work to make us all work together. But I believe he's, he's willing to do it. And so today, would you pray with me? We're going to conclude in this way. God, I thank you for the incredible gift you've given us of one another. I'm reminded in Psalm 133, it says how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity and in harmony. And I recognize that we are many people who come from many different backgrounds, but we are a group of people who by the blood of Jesus, all of the, all of the things that have divided us can be destroyed. That Jesus, when you came, you, you divided, you, you broke down the divide between Jew and Greek and male and female and slave and free and, and young and old. You, you put them all on equal footing as you originally intended. And so I just pray today that the wisdom that is available in this church would be transferred in a way to the next generation, that there would be a legacy that this church has, that the last 40 years have been amazing and that the next 40 would be even better. I pray that what you do would outlive me. God, we thank you for what you're at work with today. As we stay in this attitude of prayer, I wanna speak specifically to anyone who is feeling a call back to Jesus today. Maybe seeing these young people reminds you of that relationship you once had when you were young. Or maybe it shows you of what you missed out on but you were ready for today, which is to know Jesus. We believe that Jesus is God, but he became human. He took our 
imperfections, our sins upon himself. He carried the weight of our sin upon that cross and it crushed him. But it wasn't the end of the story. That three days later, Jesus was raised to life again. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life that all who come to me will live. And Jesus asked for a lot if you're going to follow him. He says, if you're going to follow me, I need you to take up your cross and follow me. I need you to count the cost. I'm going to ask you to give me your whole life. But Jesus makes this promise that if you give me your life, I'll show you true life. And today I want to invite you, no matter where you are, to experience the resurrection life of Jesus that doesn't just start when you die, but it starts right here and now. It starts redeeming and resurrecting every component of your life, including your relationships, including maybe even what's gone wrong with your kids, with your grandkids. I believe that God is able to meet us right here. And so today, if you're ready to call upon the name of the Jesus, uh, call upon the name of Jesus, we know that all who call upon his name will be saved. And so we're going to pray a prayer together as a prayer that lets God know what's happening in our heart, this faith that we have in him to believe. And, and we know that when we, when we place our faith in him, our trust in him, that he'll save us. So church, would you help us pray? No matter where you're watching from, would you pray this together so that no one prays alone? Say, Jesus, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And right now, I make a decision to follow you, to trust you. Jesus, I believe you're God. You died for my sins and you rose to life again so I could have life with you. You're the Lord of my life, the King of my life. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.